hey, hey, everybody! Welcome on into the show. Uh, I'm Puma, and this is the Puma Thoughts Podcast. Look at it was a super wild card weekend, and I'm going to give you your first segment being your super wild card weekend recap, as it were. Uh, I mean, so much to get into, so many storylines, especially uh, outside of the playoff picture uh, with Deshaun Watson and such. Very interesting stuff going on. But uh, we're going to start, which is recapping the games, I guess, going in order. Uh, Colts-Bills. Bills. Headline there. First playoff win since 95. Hooray. Uh, Rams-Seahawks. Uh, the Rams ended up beating the Seahawks in Seattle. And for Seattle, that's only their third home playoff loss in team history. Second versus the Rams. Little nugget for you there. Uh, Brady and the Bucks played football team. And Tom Brady has 31 career playoff wins now, most by a quarterback since 1950. Uh, the Ravens, Titans, Ravens get the win. Uh, Lamar Jackson first playoff win in his career, and Baltimore as a team is six and zero in road wild card games. And the Bears could barely muster nine points against the Saints, and they lost on Nickelodeon, mind you. Uh, fewest points allowed in a playoff game in team history for the Saints. Uh, so. I mean, grand scheme of things, fun, exciting games for the most part. Uh, Bills-Colts was a real nerve-wracking affair, I can tell you that. Um, You know, that game, the Bills probably should have ran away with it a little bit. They did not. Josh Allen had probably one of the most costly mistakes in that game when he tried to do too much, like you knew he would eventually would. Uh, He tried to... Fight off a sack, he got out of one, and then when he got hit, he fumbled. That could have pretty much given the game away. Uh, But then the Colts driving with a chance to more or less take the lead, probably the game. Uh, The play where I believe it was thrown to Pascal. Uh, He caught it, fell down, got up to run with it. Uh, Poyer punched it out. Milano recovered. I believe it was Matt Milano recovered. And uh, that should have been game, right? Wrong. NFL... Officials reviewed it and deemed it not a fumble. He was down by contact. I don't know where they saw that, but that's still a fumble to me. Uh, But the Bills ended up hanging on. Uh, They ended up forcing the Colts into a Hail Mary situation. Bills were 0-2 on Hail Mary situations going into this game, so glad they finally figured that out. Wonderful. Uh, Ram Seahawks, uh, John Wolford... Got the start over Jared Goff, and he ended up leaving the game with a neck injury, I believe it was. Um, so Goff came in and f- finished the game. He went for, I believe, 155 and led the Rams to a win. Uh, the Seahawks looked kind of lost out there. And uh, from what I at least saw today, Jamal Adams, Seahawks safety, is going to have to have surgery more or less on his entire upper body, it seems. Uh, both shoulders, both shoulders are uh, pretty banged up. I know he's going to have surgery on his left one, I believe. The right one might need it too. And I believe surgery on his finger or something like too. Like I guess he has a broken finger or ligament in his finger or something like that. So, uh, man, I mean, that is kind of what happens when you play the way he plays and play through injury. Uh, Things can go from bad to worse, definitely. So uh, that's something that... Again, you know, your competitors, it's the playoffs. It's it's what you it's what you'd get paid to do as a professional football player, but you know, easy for me to say sitting here 
in a chair talking into my headset. But, um, you know, I feel the Seahawks need to figure something out here because they're kind of wasting Russell Wilson's prime here. After that Super Bowl, I mean, they more or less put it all on him. They let the Legion of Boom kind of fall apart. They're just retooling the defense as it goes. They're plugging in different running backs to lose, to make up for Marshawn Lynch being gone. You know, and, and you let Russ cook in the first half of the season, and it looks amazing. He's an MVP candidate every year. And then the second half of the season, I don't know what they think they're doing or what they plan to do, but it just seems like, you know, they kind of put the shackles back on Russ and they try to, you know, they just try to get cute with it. They try to do too little and they try to make up for it in other areas. And I don't know why you're doing that. Just let it turn it loose. Let him let him do what he's got to do. You got DK Metcalf, who's evolved into probably one of the best receivers in the league. Um, <laughs> and so I, I don't know what else you, you really need to have if you're Seattle. You got a dynamic receiver, a dynamic offense that they can score points. It's shown they've done it for eight weeks. And it's just, I don't know what it is. Second half of the season, they just try to bog it down and try and try to play, I don't want to say conservative, but it's just, oh, the defense got to get going. So they try to make the defense get going. And I don't know, it, it, they, they just look like a different team in each half of the year. So it's, it's something, I don't know, it's something Seattle's going to have to figure out. I don't know if, like, I mean, we keep saying the old adage is that you can, you could pick a running back anywhere. You, you could plug and play running backs. Running backs are a dime a dozen. But Marshawn Lynch was not a dime a dozen. Derrick Henry is not dime a dozen. Um, so if you're Seattle and your pedigree for winning that Super Bowl and getting back to another one was defense and a strong running game, I don't know why you deviate from that plan. But again, there was a lot of turmoil within those Super Bowl teams anyway. We're not going to get into that today. Uh, but if I was the Seahawks, I would definitely look at either trying to find a complimentary back for Chris Carson, because I believe Chris Carson is a good starting running back. You just got to get an offensive line that could probably help him out more. Uh, find a compliment so you don't have to run him down too much, because I know his injuries uh, kind of hinder the team's progress there. Or find a legitimate tight end threat to help give more of a safety blanket to Russ if that's the way you want to go. Uh, but again, the Seahawks, a very big letdown. I know they were one of those teams that should have made a run, but didn't this year. And the Rams are moving on bucks and football team. Uh, Tom Brady looking like he still got it. Uh, Antonio Brown's playing much, much better, uh, getting more ingrained in the offense. And now you got basically three number ones to guard on Tampa. So this is going to be a tough out for any team. Uh, their defense is playing very well. Uh, I like what Kind of like what the Bucks are doing, but they get the Saints in the second round. Football team played with a four-string quarterback who looked pretty well, really balled out. Ron Rivera, you know, I mean, me being a Bills fan, biased and all, I want Sean McDermott to win coach of the year. But, I mean, Ron Rivera deserves very strong consideration for what he's done with that team. Albeit, they won a division in a very bad division. They were 7-9. You can say what you will. But only losing by 8 to the Bucks. That's not bad considering where the team was. Quarterback situations, cutting Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, you know, coming back, playing well, but getting hurt, you know, just kind of missing time for various other injuries. So 
you know, Ron Rivera deserves a lot of credit. Again, went, went through cancer treatments and everything. Ended up getting, I believe, he beat cancer. Uh, well, I know he beat cancer. But he stopped in October, I think it was. And he was clear from there. So, you know, a uh, football team deserves a lot of credit, I think. Albeit 7-9. to nine. Take that for what it is. But, you know, they played very well. And for kind of all the things that were thrown their way this year, they handled it pretty well. 7-9. to nine. That's not... It's not a terrible season. I mean, all you got to do is get into the playoffs and anything can happen. That's pretty much what you want. And so, you know, football team's future looks pretty good with Ron Rivera there. Um, And I think I mentioned this last week by cutting Dwayne Haskins. I think it's clear who's running the show there now. Um, And it's not Dan Snyder. So moving on to the Ravens-Titans. That game looked a little rough early. um, But Lamar Jackson remembered that he can run and run he did so uh titans had no hope of stopping that i mean their adjusted defensive rankings there uh the titans were the second worst defense in the playoffs since what the last 15 years or something like that just based on their their adjusted defensive rankings and all that other shit I saw. They were the second worst defense in the last 15 years to make the playoffs. But I mean, they kept it close. It was 20 to 13. You know, uh, I know Vrabel elected to punt on that one crucial fourth down and they ended up getting the ball back with a chance to tie, but just couldn't do it. Uh, Tannehill threw a pick and that ends their season. But Derrick Henry only getting 40 yards. He was met at the line of scrimmage pretty much every rush. His longest rush was eight yards on the day. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the bugaboo when you build a team the way the Titans are doing it. You get quarterback play where you can make the big throws, you can make the big plays, which is great because they got two dynamic wide receivers to do it. But your, your focal point of that offense is Derrick Henry. And when he's not a threat anymore, then it gets... Because Derrick Henry, I don't think, is too really out there too much on passing downs. For the most part, he's a big bruising running back. I mean, he can catch screens. I know he can. I've seen it. But generally, you're going to put smaller, faster backs out there with your wide receivers to spread the field. Derrick Henry, when he's on the field, he's not a threat. So that's kind of where the Titans fell, but they kept it close. Um, But Lamar Jackson just turned it on, showed why he can run, and the Bills are going to have their hands full. On Saturday night when they play the Ravens and Bear Saints, um, I'm thinking this is probably the end of Trubisky in Chicago. Uh, you know, it was it was all about the Mitch Trubisky revenge tour here. He got the start again after Foles went down. They started winning games. They somehow managed to get back to 8-8, eight and eight, make the playoffs, and it was a big deal, at least for Mitch Trubisky, because it's like, man, maybe now the Bears got to figure out what to do. Had the Bears won this game, I think that would have made things much worse in Chicago for Matt Nagy's sake because he's the one that was brought in to make Trubisky better. But, you know, and I watched uh, Get Up today, and Rex Ryan made some pretty good points, I thought, that he doesn't like, he doesn't respect Matt Nagy, which I thought was hilarious. Um, He doesn't respect him because he let Mitch Trubisky take all of the shots and not on the field, mind you. I mean, just from the media all the questions surrounding it, it was just, it was all Mitch Trubisky's fault. He never stepped in front of it and took the blame as the head coach. Like, it's my job to do this, my job to do that. It's just, it's up to Mitch Trubisky. It's up to Mitch Trubisky. So, you know, 
Take that for what it's worth, but I mean, it is Matt Nagy's job to make Mitch Trubisky a better player, and if it's not bringing somebody that did, but he brought in Foles, then they won a couple of games, and then they started losing games, then he got hurt, and then Trubisky had to go back in there. So, you know, I would say the Bears got to kind of look at themselves. I don't think Nagy's getting fired because he's made the playoffs two out of the last three years, so he'll probably keep his job, but you got to assume that quarterback-wise, Matt Nagy is going to have to really hit on the next one unless they just ride with Nick Foles next year. But I don't, you got to assume that you got to, you got to find a better quarterback and Nagy's got to do a better job or else his job will be on the line. Um, But yeah, it's looking like that was a wild card weekend in a nutshell. I'm very, very excited about next weekend's Slato games. We get to see the Packers and Chiefs. Uh, go at it next week. Hold on, let me pull it up here and see how we're doing this. Uh, Rams and at Packers will be the first game at 4:35 on Fox. In case you were wondering, and then your NBC game at 8:15 will be Ravens at Bills. And on Sunday at 3:05 p.m., you have the Browns at the Chiefs on CBS. And then at 6:40 p.m., you got the Bucks at the Saints on. Fox. Uh, all should be pretty good games. I would imagine the Bucks Saints game will be one for the ages, I think. Um, the way the Browns just dominated the Steelers, which I'll get into in a moment, um, looks, you know, that game has the potential to be a, quite the shootout. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking Bucks Saints, the way each team is playing now, Michael Thomas is healthy back. Because he scored it against the Bears, and it was his first touchdown in 385 days. <laughs> so, you know, it was a long time coming for Michael Thomas. But if he's back healthy, the Saints could be dangerous. Um, so, you know, your NFC elites, you know, I don't know if I'd put the Rams in there. They have the best scoring defense in the league. I'll give them that. But Aaron Donald's banged up. But even a 70% Aaron Donald is better than most people at 100%, I would imagine. Now... Uh, Brown Steelers. Woo. Um, when your first play of the game is a high snap that goes all the way back and is recovered in the end zone for a touchdown. Um, and then you're already starting the game down seven to nothing. That can't be good. And then you throw four picks, I believe. And, uh, you know, before you know it, you're down 28, nothing after the first quarter and Juju Smith, uh, doesn't regret his comments he made on Thursday about the Browns, saying that they are the same old Browns that they play every year. Um, I'm guessing that somebody's probably telling Juju to probably stop talking and or dancing. Well, he's already stopped dancing. Uh, but probably stop talking would be a good thing for Juju. Uh, because normally, if you put up quote-unquote, bulletin board material, uh, you usually back it up. Now, Juju's stat line was nice. You go for 9 for 157 in a score. Nice stat line. But you're down 30 points, 28 points. You're not really going to run the ball a whole hell of a lot. So Juju, you know, beneficiary of, I don't want to call it garbage time stats because the Steelers ended up scoring to make it a game. But, uh, you know... You uh, 
Kind of take it for what it's worth, I suppose. But uh, Browns ended up winning 48-37, but that should have been a lot worse. I believe after the first quarter, the Browns were on pace to win 112 to nothing. I think that's what I saw. <laughs> so, which was hilarious to me when I saw that on Twitter. Um, but, you know, 48-37, so it looks a lot closer than it actually was. But this game wasn't really that close, and the Steelers down so much. They just had to start passing, and it was only a matter of time before their offense got going, but it was too little, too late. And then Big Ben's comments after the game was he said he had a year left on his contract, and he hopes the Steelers want him back. Uh, But if they bring him back, it's going to carry a cap hit of $41 million. And if the Steelers are going to have to really retool after this game, uh, I don't know how you can bring Big Ben back, to be honest. Uh, But... You know, that's kind of for them to figure out. The Steelers haven't had to worry about quarterback in a while. Uh, So we're going to see what they do. And you're going to be drafting near the low end of the first round. So you're either trading up, which I don't think they'll do, um, or you got to make do with what what you got. Or you can make a a stunning trade, as always. But again, we'll get into that in the next segment because I have couple thoughts and or ideas but we shall see but again that's your wild card recap in a nutshell um that was also cleveland's first playoff win since 94 in case you were wondering so you know a lot of demons being exercised this season for sure the bills running amok doing things they haven't done since the 90s cleveland also you know it's just big things and this i don't know even if this COVID thing is even really that big of a deal. I don't know. Browns had missed their best, well, their one offensive lineman, two of their starting corners, and their head coach, and they still demolished the Steelers. The Titans had all their COVID protocols came out and demolished the Bills when they played them. So, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody makes a huge deal about it, and everybody thought, man, this is going to be tough. They don't have a head coach. Like, how could they possibly win this game? Well, you get spotted 28 points. That's a good way to do it. <laughs> It's a great way to do it. Uh, But that's going to be your first segment. We'll come back and I'll get into some wild theories I have about certain players who want out, certain players who are places currently that need to go somewhere else, and all sorts of mad science that I can come up with. So sit tight. Be right back. There's a lot of interesting storylines outside of the playoff picture. Uh, like I stated in the last segment, Big Ben is owed $41 million against the cap if the Steelers decide to bring him back, if he's on the roster next year. Uh, so I kind of threw together a list here of quarterbacks I think will be someplace else. It, it, maybe someplace else. I guess maybe one. Uh, might stay with his regular team, uh, his team that he's currently on. Uh, but like I said, um, 
Big Ben, we'll start with Big Ben. Like I said, 41 mil cap hit. That's a lot for a team to overcome, especially a team like the Steelers that just got embarrassed over national television. Uh, So uh, I see two things either happening with Big Ben and the Steelers. Either Big Ben calls it a career, he retires, or he's going to be cut and re-signed at a lower rate. I don't see Big Ben going anywhere else to play. I just don't. I don't see him doing it because I don't think there's really any place else that could suit him now. He's not the Big Ben of old. He's not running around extending plays, making things happen, because that's what the Steelers got by with for so long. Big Ben is kind of a guy that is going to be in the pocket more now. And without a decent running game, I don't know if you could really do too much with that. Uh, if you're the Steelers, anyway. You got dynamic receivers, but, you know, James Conner's got to get the ball a hell of a lot more than he's been getting it. That's for sure. But like I said, I think the Steelers are either going to have to find a new quarterback. Well, let's put this this way they are going to have to find a new quarterback. Uh, either this year, because Big Ben's going to retire, or he he's going to. They're going to release him just so they don't have to worry about the cap hit. And then after, they'll re-sign him to another deal. Um, Something pretty cheap, maybe a one-year type of thing I could imagine. But I don't see Big Ben uh, playing anywhere else. Sam Darnold of the New York Jets. Uh, I think trade. I just, everything strikes me as a trade here. Uh, I know the GM is still there, but that was a GM that was handpicked by Adam Gase. Uh, so I don't see how they can hang on to Darnold and not and hire a new coach. Um, it, it just it it just always seems like when you bring in a new coach, he wants his own guy. Rarely do coaches inherit someone and try to make it work. Giants probably an exception here because Daniel Jones was a rookie last year or two years ago, I guess. Uh, this year, you know, Joe Judge inherited him, but he's still young enough where you can still get something out of him because I don't think you give up that soon on the guy, at least for his sake. But so I, I don't see a new coach going to the Jets and thinking Sam Darnold is the guy. Um, I think with that number two pick, you'll probably be enticed to take Justin Fields. For me, I mean, the national championship game is, at the time of recording this, tonight. So we will see what Justin Fields is really made of if he can win a national championship. But for me, the grand scheme of things, the recent track record of Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL isn't looking so great. So I don't know if I would put all my eggs in the Justin Fields basket, to be honest. Um, So you got that number two pick. You could take Justin Fields. Trey Lance from North Dakota State is getting a lot of pub. I believe Zach Wilson from BYU is getting a lot of looks. So you have options at number two. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is probably not going to be one of them, but just saying. I I don't think Sam Darnold is going to be the guy in New York much longer. Phillip Rivers for the Colts, he's either going to retire or he's going to end up being a veteran backup somewhere. Uh, I think his starting days are over. Uh, He had his best years um, with Frank Wright recently. And that's the reason why he went to the Colts was because of Frank Wright. Uh, I don't see Rivers being a longer-term solution 
to their quarterback problem that they're going to have. So I would think either that's either option Rivers will take. Carson Wentz and the Eagles becomes more interesting now since it seems like Jalen Hurts is going to be the guy. Wentz's relationship with Peterson is up in the air, but now Peterson is going to have to talk to ownership still because they're still miffed about what happened in that. So we shall see. Uh, But as of right now, assuming Doug Peterson is still the head coach, Carson Wentz, I believe he's either going to hold out or he's going to get traded. Uh, I don't see him going back to Philadelphia unless Doug Peterson gets fired or something crazy happens. And as of recording this right now, I have no breaking news updates to give to you on that front. So uh, I would imagine Wentz is out of Philly one way or the other. Deshaun Watson now very miffed at his team because uh, he wanted his input. They, They wanted his input on hiring a GM and a coach. And, uh, you know, they said they would keep him in the loop and talk to him and, and be like, hey, you know, you're, you're a franchise guy. We want you to have to work with these people. So let's get you in on, on this process. And then they went and hired Nick Cicero from the Patriots. And Watson was pissed because he didn't want Nick Cicero. And uh, it seemed like he wasn't even listened to because uh, you just went from a Patriots guy to another Patriots guy. Uh, so there you go. Uh, now he's probably going to play hardball. It's going to probably get uglier before it gets prettier. They didn't put in a slip to request an interview from Eric Bieniemy, uh, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, which is a guy that Deshaun Watson wanted from the beginning. Uh, so uh, my two options I have for Watson and the Texans here is I think he's either going to get traded or he's going to get traded. So there you go. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in the Niners, I think he's just going to get cut. Uh, I don't see why a team would trade for him with his, with what money he's got left on the deal. I think the Niners will just eat it and try to go a different route there. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, I think he'll either get signed and trade, which rarely happens in the NFL, or he'll just re-sign and keep playing, but it'll be for less money coming off that nasty broken leg. Um, you know, Dak still has got some value and... Uh, I kind of made a little list of where I think some of these guys could end up, so bear with me. But for now, I'll say either sign and trade or he'll just re-sign with the Cowboys. Uh, Cam Newton and the Pats. I think Cam has reached that point in his career where he's just going to be a free agent or a veteran backup. I don't know if it's all the years of wear and tear and taking those hits of being that, that running quarterback that could take the hits or COVID did whatever it did this year, but... You know, I I don't think Cam Newton is going to get too many starting jobs lining up his way right now. And if he does, he's not going to be a long-term starter. And Mitch Trubisky and the Bears, he's going to end up being a free agent. He'll just sign wherever. Uh, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is going to be a franchise single-caller unless he gets another opportunity via a starting quarterback's injury. Uh, So... What I put together was the trade destinations, possible trade destinations of four of these guys. Sam Darnold, we'll start with him. I think the Colts make the most sense because Frank Wright is good at quarterbacking, if you haven't noticed. Uh, I think the Colts could give up not so much, but have just enough offensively so Sam Darnold could make it all work there. Um, but I think the Colts would be a good fit. The Steelers are another fit where if they do move on from Big Ben, 
you could probably part with your first round pick, a couple later picks, maybe even a player, depending on who it is, to get Sam Darnold away from the Jets because they still got the number two pick and they can still re recoup a quarterback out of all of this. So the Steelers, and then I think the Niners, um, the Niners would be, I think, the best destination for Darnold to go to because of what Shanahan can do for a quarterback and Darnold's skill set, and he's a California kid anyway, so I, I don't think being on the Niners would be a bad thing. I think it would actually be really good, especially if everybody comes back healthy and you get that defense back to where it was. This team was in the Super Bowl just last year. And just injuries completely derailed the season. But you get some guys back and have Darnold in that offensive system. The Niners could be a very sexy pick to go far in the playoffs with Sam Darnold. Uh, Carson Wentz, I think the Colts are the only team that he should go to. Mostly because when Carson Wentz and that Super Bowl year uh, the Eagles had, Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. Uh, so Wentz had his MVP type season before that knee injury that Frank Wright was responsible for. So I think if you are Carson Wentz, the Colts should be the only team you'd want to go to. Problem is his contract. He's got a lot of money on the hook. Nobody's really going to trade for that crazy amount of money. So restructuring seems like the only way to go with that. So if somehow the Eagles can make it worth, but then again, I don't know if the Colts have the haul to put together to get him. But I think Wentz ending up in Indianapolis would be the best thing for him and the Colts because I think Wentz could kind of rejuvenate and revitalize his career and do good things there. For Deshaun Watson, uh, I put together three places that I think would be primo for him to be. Um, And... Three teams that could probably make it work with what they have currently. The Jets being one because of that number two pick. Um, You could still trade Watson to the Jets. And you can get back that number two pick and still take a quarterback. And still kind of redo what you want to do with your team. It could still be done. Because Watson is going to fetch you more than that number two pick would get you. So, you know, trading Deshaun Watson to the Jets... I think if you were going to trade him and had to trade him somewhere, the Jets would be the first place you would call because of that number two pick, and you could still get something for it. And being the Texans, you have no draft picks, basically. You traded them all away already. So getting anything back would be amazing. Trading your franchise quarterback, not the best decision, but you're going to have to rebuild anyway. So why not start with the Jets? The Dolphins are a place that he himself, Watson, said he would want to go to, and the package would involve Tua and some picks. Me, personally, I'm not sold on Tua. don't think he's going to be much of a starting quarterback. He'll be, I don't know, middle of the road, probably. I don't think he's going to be the kind of superstar that he's been blown up to be. Uh, But Dolphins are a team that could make it happen, but they've already named Tua the starter. I don't see them moving on from Tua unless the price is right. And if it's just Watson they're getting, you know, they, they probably want at least a pick swap in return somewhere along the line. But I can't see the Dolphins just getting rid of Tua after having this plan in place to draft him, to get him healthy, to 
get him in there, get him started and do what he got to do just to get rid of him. I, I don't, that seems like a lot of time spent. But then again, if you can get Deshaun Watson, an already established superstar, why not? Uh, and the Cardinals. The Cardinals are my interesting wild card pick for this just because you could give up Kyler Murray and picks and reunite Watson and Hopkins. And then magic will happen in the desert, I promise you. Because that offense could be pretty deadly if you added a Deshaun Watson. And with the running game, if Drake stays healthy and... Yeah, like I said, you got Hopkins, Larry Fitz plays one more year. You got some other weapons there. You just got to work on the defense and you're good to go. Um, for Dak Prescott, my sign and trade would be the Texans. Because, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you'd want to swap out your quarterback for another quarterback. Uh, Watson would probably be the guy you'd want to do because they're mostly, they're, they're recognizable faces, they're recognizable names. In the same state, you could probably swap him and not even lose that much offensively. And I think Mike McCarthy could probably use it. And I think Dallas is loaded enough offensively with Zeke, with CeeDee Lamb, with Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup that you could get away with putting in a Watson there and that offense is just different. It's still very explosive, but it's still it's it's different. And you just got to get that defense shored up a little bit more. And you could probably ride that that combo kind of deep in the playoffs, probably, if you've got the right matchups. But that is kind of what I came up with. I think it'll be very interesting whether or not any of this will even come close to happening is anyone's guess. But again, you know, I'm, I didn't go through, like, who free agents, where they'd go and anything like that. I assume Jimmy Garoppolo will end up either on the Bears or the Patriots I think that would be two of the places I would put Garoppolo. Um, Cam Newton, again, maybe the Bears just because they need a guy if they needed a backup or what have you. But again, the Bears still got Nick Foles, so we'll see. We shall see. But wanted to have a little fun with that. But whatever. Uh, anyway, like I said, uh, the divisional round happens this weekend. Uh, Bills play... Saturday, excuse me, Saturday night on NBC 815 against the Baltimore Ravens. That will be fun. Looking forward to that. But that is what I got for you this week. (laughs) As a reminder, you can always get a hold of me on the Facebooks. Go to Facebook, find Puma Thoughts, like and share, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Get notifications on the tweets at Puma585 or at Puma Thoughts. Um, anything else I'll let you know about Spotify, you can find me. You can listen to the show on Spotify. Yeah. And uh, always the website, pumathoughts.blogspot.com is where it's posted. SoundCloud as well. Search for Puma Thoughts and you shall find me. Now that's all I got for you this week. Have an awesome week, everybody. I'll see you later.